Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 21 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Stella Andrews. Welcome, Stella, to the book podcast. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And you're actually across the pond for us in the States. So thank you for picking the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. So uh, people that are listening, this is actually her real accent. This is not <laughs> anything put on or anything or a narrator. No, she's an author. So just in case the question comes up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, she was, you know, fill in the blank, British, uh, you know, I've had one too. That's like, I didn't know she was Aussie. I'm like, no, now you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do get confused for mm-hmm. Australian um, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're similar sometimes i think and sometimes it's the cadence i i believe yeah. it can be yeah. a, a bit misconceived or what we are known what the accent should be or would be like based on what we watch on tv so yeah that sometimes can be not correct as we have learned and discovered right <laughs> <laughs> why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been writing and how you got started well I started writing by chance, really. I never thought I wanted to be an author. And um, I was at at work and we had one of those motivational speakers one day. And um, he would basically, the only thing that really impressed me was that he'd written a book and he gave us all this book. And I was just, and he spoke a bit about it and how he'd done it. And for some reason, I just fixated on that. And um, I downloaded lots of um, audio books about how to write a book <laughs> and how to go about it. And it, it just scrambled my mind. And so I just sat down and I thought, well, I'll just start. I'll write something in Word. And I did. And it was rubbish, obviously. <laughs> so it's not out there. But um, I just sort of really got into it that way. And um I I never tried to be traditionally published and I just sort of went down the self-publishing route and um, the rest is history really. I don't, I, I'm one of those people that get obsessed and I just became obsessed with it and um, I just took it one step at a time and I sort of learned the business and then I read lots of books and then I found what I enjoyed the most, um, which was dark romance, believe it or not. So um, that's where I seem comfortable <laughs> on the dark side. <laughs> so that was it, really. Yeah. And if you write contemporary romance and now even that used to be the subgenre of romance on its own, usually contemporary meaning it could be anything yeah. set in real life as far as our timeline goes. And now we have all these different, they're actual tropes, but sometimes they'll, they'll be kind of looped in the same conversation as if it's a subgenre of either the sunshine grumpy, grumpy sunshine, dark romance is one of them, the firefighter, the sports, all that fun stuff. Yeah. When you started realizing that you wanted to write and you're doing that research and you were doing a lot of reading, what books were you reading? Were you doing romance? Were it kind of other things? And if it was romance, what type of romance? Um, I, I started reading, um, I think I just sort of went towards contemporary romance and um, I I just sort of, I don't know, I think 
what it was, I suppose like most people, I read Fifty Shades of Grey and I thought because of the hype and I thought, well, why did I like that? <laughs> you know, it was just like shocked me a bit. I thought, goodness, I really enjoyed that book. And um, so I looked for more books like that. And then I, I, I sort of, I suppose it just took me down that journey. And despite sort of the um, the subject of that book, um, I, I did my actual newsletter free book is similar to that. But um, I've sort of gone away from that bit. And my books are a bit more, they're they're sort of dark, they're mafia, they're MC, they're they're sort of like heroes that are anti-heroes, really. They're they're Mm -hmm. the sorts of guys that that you shouldn't want, but you do. And they are just, just, they're not wicked or horrible, but they are to everybody else. But the person they fall in love with becomes a love story and and I think that's what I wanted more than anything it was the love story with the darkness and the heavy um the hard beginning so to speak the suspense I love the suspense and I love nothing more than weaving a story that people don't know where it's going and they they are surprised by it so um, that's the sort of books I like. I like something that surprises me that's not going to be predictable. Um, I definitely get bored if I read something that I think, oh, really? I, I knew that was going to happen in the first chapter. So um, I try really hard to surprise my readers. And so, yeah, there's lots of dark elements in there. There's an, There's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of story and that's what my sort of blueprint that I I stick to yeah well yeah I think sometimes when people first start reading romance and they started with the 50 shades of gray I think sometimes they they believe that that's all that it, it is and I'm like no 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 there's a lot more to the romance genre uh, yeah. and there's so many books out there that are um, in my eyes, a lot better written in the specifically when it comes down to the kink of the BDSM books, specifically mm. in that one. Um, but there's then when people discover, they're like, oh, wow. And but I've also noticed the trend of starting with something like a BDSM book and realizing mm, maybe that's not so much. But I like the darkness of what some of those elements included on that yeah. emotional side. And then they've transformed and moved over to dark romance. And I'm going, oh, OK, so there's some. Okay, so you're not into the whips and chains. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't really want to be writing erotica or anything like that. I wanted to be writing romance and it had to be have feelings in it and um they had to be loyal and and they they had to just fall totally in love with that person, but obviously you don't want that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it, it it does have those darker elements at the beginning, but um, like I say, the plot for me is the is key. Really, the actual story surrounding it is the most important thing to me, and the emotion of it. But that's also what makes it, uh, you know, a dark romance versus an erotica. Um, I think sometimes now also they have been using the term smut because Amazon does not like the word erotica from a tag perspective, and will basically just cover up your books and not show it to anybody that may be looking for it 
And so that mm. people have been using the term smut, but that's erotica tends to be more about the sex and yeah. the characters are secondary to maybe fourth. And then there's real no plot. The sex drives the story versus erotic romance um, where the story drives is the driven and then the sex just happens to be a lot heavier and sexier yeah. and more, yeah. more into it. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose some of my books, they don't actually um, get together for, for several chapters, sometimes halfway through. So it's sort Ooh, of a build up. Slow burn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that build up. It's that sort of like, um, will they, won't they, or what's going to happen. And um, I, I just quite like that. Yeah. And, Hopefully I do it. I do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have shared a, uh, with some of my friends on social media. Hey, I'm going to be talking to Stella. And they're like, Ooh, Stella. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's great when, um, when people discover a new author or they love an author and they're helping you discover them. Right. I think it's just some of that yeah. energy that's there. But it's, I think too, it's, I, I like that's a, a bit of that slow burn, that suspense of, you know, they're going to have a happily ever after. Okay. Maybe not in the first book, if you're doing some form of a trilogy where the arc goes over all the books, um, yeah. but you eventually know there's going to be an HEA as it should be because it's romance. Um, but how they get there is always the best part of the journey and, yeah. and kind of wondering, is it going to be here? Oh, okay. No, no, it's not going to be here. Is it going to be when they go on that vacation? No, no, okay, it's not going to be there. Oh, look, they're stuck. Got it. Okay. <laughs> now it will happen. Oh, fuck, damn it, author, come on. <laughs> actually, the last series I, I wrote that I've just finished was the first series that I actually wrote with almost cliffhangers. There was Each story was about one of the guys that starts off. There's, there's um, five of them. And... Um, each story is about them, but the there's another story that runs through the whole of the series, and you only find out in the very last book what what that story ends like. And uh, it's the first time I've ever done that. I was a bit nervous because I know people don't like cliffhangers, and even though each story was wrapped up regarding the couple, it wasn't in the story. So that was quite interesting. <laughs> I, but I think a lot of us are like, okay, do the couple, as long as we get that couple from that book overall in that closing with no cliffhangers, we're okay. Yeah. It's, it's the overarching arc of where, where, where is this going? You know, yeah. as long as also the books are not coming out every three years, we're okay. <laughs> no, I write fast. I do write fast. <laughs> yeah. And some people may like, okay, well, this is going to be one of those. So I'll wait until the last book is almost done or about to be published and starts. Yeah. Um, and then they'll continue with other books in from that same author. But it's just, uh, I know a couple of other authors. I know during the Jones paranormal, her name, uh, the series was Charlie Davison. Each book was almost like an episode, like of watching a sitcom of sorts. And yeah. it's, and then, but there was an overarching story and that was like 12 or 13 books. Yeah. And, and we still got the, Dun, 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 moments but uh but we knew what was going on in that book was done like all right next yeah it's like watching tv we always knew there was going to be another one at seven o'clock the next day we can wait yeah <laughs> yeah and i think people like that it's yeah. actually um from an author's point of view it's actually really good to write a series as such because the characters develop over that time 
and it's easier to write. They become almost like you know them and you know their and um, you know sort of their thoughts and their characters. And so actually to write series is easier, I think, than starting again and um, and having to rethink a whole new world, so to speak, um, which is interesting. You, you've got to, you've got to, you've, you've got to stop it at some point. But a lot of my series, um, they, they connect, they, they pop up <laughs> in another book somewhere. And people say, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I like him. He can he can stay in this book. But um the, the danger is people don't want them to stop and um and you feel, well, maybe I'll do another one. And then you think, well, that story's done. I've got I've got another series now. So it's it's finding a balance, I think. And I, that is such a great point too, because we as readers, we always want more. We want to know what happens next. What happens? Oh, they're they're going to have children. Okay, we want their stories. Yeah, and and, and and that's fantastic. You you as an author want us to be this involved and enamored with everything. But I also have seen it where you kind of want to send the notes to the author saying, "Girl, I love you, but your cow is done being milked." Yeah. <laughs> The cash cow is done. Can we do another story? Even if it's a spinoff with the kids, of the kids, but have it be completely a different series of sorts. So I like yeah. it when authors kind of have that, okay, this is this is the five books in your case for the Kings. Um, everybody else, there's another story coming on. So I, I, for me, it's about trusting the author. Like, okay, fine. You're going to give me the Dark Mafia today and tomorrow you want to write about cupcakes. Okay, sure. Cupcakes <laughs> yeah. it is. All right, give me what it is, Stella. Cupcakes, got it. All right. <laughs> I, I, there are ways, though, that you can you can make people happy with yeah. that. Like with the Five Kings that you just mentioned, um, that actually is a series born out of my my MC series, and um, that started there. It then leads you into another series, um, the Club Mafia series, and there's bonus books in that. There's the spin-off books in the Five Kings. So. They are all connected and I've just started and it's working really well to give bonus books at the end, just sort of like to, to give something back, I suppose, to the reader to say, well, here you go. You want to find out what happened to this person. Here you go. So and that works well too. So you can always go back and you can always write something about them. The end is always the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think sometimes we think these characters as, as you know, potentially real people i'm like well sooner or later they're gonna have to have dinner together what is that like <laughs> yeah <laughs> family thanksgiving scene <laughs> <laughs> gosh imagine my thanksgivings with the characters i write <laughs> well maybe you'll, you'll you'll do us a solid and and give us what we're what that would look like even if it's a yeah no we're not going to continue this one but this is the start of it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Like, why are we having Thanksgiving in a nice, very nice lodge, cabin kind of sort of lodge, but in the middle of the woods with, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or on the, you know, skyscraper on the tall, okay, yeah, great, where no one else can find us. <laughs> I did a Christmas one once. It was, um, it was actually just a, a standalone, totally different to what I normally write. It was a, a dare I say it, rom-com. <gasps> and uh, I know. <laughs> And uh, I, I did say cupcakes. Like, I mean, it's technically wrong. It, that that yeah. was my cupcake. <laughs> and um, I just wrote it. It was just a, a Christmas one. It was something light, something fun. 
and um yeah I, I enjoyed it but mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me I tried it and yeah it was it was fun but that was it <laughs> I like the dark romance yeah and that's okay some of us like it dark and some of us can drive around in different genres and little subplots there and then just kind of go back and forth so that's great knowing that you now wrote this uh potential rom-com um and now also saying that not for you is there a genre out there that you're kind of going hmm but maybe this other genre that you were kind of curious about writing in I think um not at the moment no um not that obviously you see lots of books and I read lots of books as well and not necessarily well very few actually in the dark romance I I don't tend to read many um and the reason for that is because I don't want to mirror them I don't want them in my head because I don't want I want my stories to be unique and so um I don't tend to read many so but I do quite like um even though I'm British I like all the college romances and (laughs) I, I love all that and um and the the MC obviously I I started off reading Bella Jewel. I loved her books. I just thought they were amazing. And um, I do read a lot of the um, the sort of yeah, like like the sort of um, college romance. I do. I've just um, actually one one series that I read that I really enjoyed was um, Kings of Lockdown by um, Caroline Packham and Suzanne Valenti. And I really enjoyed that. But that's quite dark again. It, it is very similar to what I write. But again, it was that college thing. So I suppose that's where I got the idea for my mafia one, Club Mafia, um, the contract, because that's set at college. But being British, I don't really know how it works. So it you have to excuse inaccuracies <laughs> in some of it. I try to keep it very general. But, um, yeah, no, I do... I do like that. I, I suppose thrillers is quite good. A nice dark thriller would be good. Um, but no, I, I don't think I'm going to stay where I am at the moment. As they say, stay in your lane. Well, I mean, it's always nice to sometimes see about potentially like maybe one day I, that whole you know dark thriller is always one that I think a lot of the authors that I've spoken with have always said and maybe a horror or some form of a thriller. No, I would yeah. not do a horror. I'm one of those people that I cannot watch them. I just mm. can't. I just I absolutely could not watch a horror. Oh. But I could do a thriller. And again, it would be down to the sort of clever plot, something that perhaps people weren't expecting. Um, but yeah, I would. I think I'll do a thriller one day. Okay, I'll have to watch out for that. <laughs> Where do you get your ideas for your stories? Goodness, uh, it... It just could take one word. It could take um, a lot of my my stories lead on from the last ones. So I normally set it up in the final book of one series. And it's normally a character from that. And uh, most of the time, I don't plot my books. I never have done. And Mm -hmm. I sit down and I think, what am I going to write? And then I'll just put... um, I'd like to start with the chapter to be quite sort of dramatic. So um, I try and think of that. And obviously I have an idea what I want to write, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what's going to happen at the end of any book when I start it. Um, It just sort of evolves. So, and 
I, I don't have anything plotty. I just don't plot. And if I've tried to in the past, I thought, right, at this time I'm going to be professional and I'm going to write it all down and I'm going to do, do it exactly right. It's a completely different book at the end of it to what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I think a lot of people will relate to that, that right, oh, yeah. uh, the characters just have a habit of, of evolving and like life, things happen in the book that you think, oh, yeah, that could, that would be better if that happened. Or you, know, you, you sort of try and think, how can I make this really twisty? And how can, how can I make this surprising? And which one of my characters in, from previous books could actually jump in now? So... Yeah, I, I just sit, like literally sit down with a blank page and just start. And when I read it back, I think, did I write that? Sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go, it just sort of takes over. It's a bit mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. Well, a lot of authors have said that the characters speak to them and they kind of take over sometimes part of that writing process or they're like that annoying friend that's sitting behind you like are you done yet are you done yet are you done yet? Yeah. are you ready it's my it's my turn girl it's my turn uh, yeah <laughs> so many different things and um, it's funny that you kind of I think we have this idea right of what quote-unquote professional writing looks should look like and having that whole it's it's plotted you have you know what's exactly what's going to happen you're just writing the in-betweens to make it done and there's so many different ways to do it we have basically the two types of the plotter, which is perfectly fine. And also the, the, the panster, which there is no rhyme or reason to your work. <laughs> it <just No>. flows. <laughs> it's a bit crazy, but I like that. I, mm-hmm. I like not knowing. Um, sometimes I'll get up in the morning and I'll think, I just can't wait to get back to it because I want to see what happens. It's, it's just like, I suppose I'm like a reader when I write. Yes. I was going to say that it's a lot like being one of us. Uh, we will say, though, I at least for me anyways, and I think a few of my friends, when you guys get excited about the story that you're writing, we get even more excited and we know it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to be excited to keep you going. The, the, it's, it's actually good that no one can see me when I write because so many times... Um, I mean, floods of tears. If I've done something, you know, I've built it up so much. And then when we finally get there, I'm mm. just like a wreck. <laughs> it's just, it's so bizarre. Writing is brilliant. You can just sort of let your imagination run wild. Sometimes it concerns me how dark my imagination is. Um, <laughs> I've had a very weird character in my Club Mafia one. I don't know where he came from. And he was shocked, even me. Um, but people seemed to like it. So I just carried on and he got worse. He actually mm-hmm. got really, really worse. And I like to think he got what he deserved at the end. Um, but sometimes I think, should I tone it down a bit? It's just a little bit too <laughs> too out there. But no, I, I think the characters just sort of do their own thing half the time. Yeah, and if you try to control what that looks like, it changes a lot of things from the feel of the story to what they would have done. And I think readers can sometimes tell when you've been holding back or trying to hold back, especially when it comes down to the darker or more mm. emotional scenes. Yeah, I don't want to water it down. I think that I think if you do, then then 
it's it becomes forgettable and I think a, a book shouldn't be forgettable it should be something that sticks with you after you've turned that last page and you think oh yeah <laughs> you know what have I just read and um you know you remember it so you were sharing with us how sometimes you get really emotional and you're crying and you're like oh thank god no one's watching me <laughs> When it comes down to writing the different scenes of the of the book, do you have a favorite type of scene to write? Where the that first moment that they meet, whether it's that first moment when they're, it's gonna happen now, or what's your favorite type of scene um, to write? I think I like the drama. I like anything with drama in. I like stacking it up. I like lining up my soldiers, and I love it at the end when I knock them all down and it all comes together. And I think that's the part that I really like. It's when, because I don't know, like I said, where it's going from the beginning. And at the end, when it's all happened and it's all worked really well together, I think that's the point that I'm I'm happiest. I just think, oh, God, thank God, you know, it's worked out. And because you can start writing a chapter and you think, where is this going? I don't even know where this is going. And, and um it's pulling that back and putting it into the book. Um, but regarding what I like writing um, the most, I, I like writing the dialogue between the characters. I like writing about their emotions. And that's probably why I cry all the time. Because <laughs> yeah. you do have to put yourselves in, in, their, in their minds. Um, yeah, and I just love the intrigue. I love, I love a bit of intrigue. So I, I just like it all. Yeah. So <laughs> what about the opposite? No, it's okay. I understand. <laughs> I understand the feeling, and it's difficult when you do love the process to to pinpoint that one that you love the most or the one that would stand out. I think it might even change, right, with each book that you write. One, I, one I book just have this want. thing, yeah, definitely, because I just want each book to be better than the last. It's always, especially with a series, because you, you've you've got to make your first one really good in order to make people want to read the next one. And then I just want the last book to be the best book. So it's sort of like walking up, up a staircase. You sort of start at the bottom and and it's just getting better and better the further up you go. Um, that's That's my aim. I'm not sure that I achieve that, but it's my aim. Yeah. I was talking about using the... Uh stairs as an example <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the shop that I work on the weekends it's the the the, the flight of stairs and it's it really at an, an interesting incline which means you're going to be even more out of breath at the top no matter how good of a shape you are or not yeah. but it is so that that moment of I'm done with that last step yeah. or as you or, or the more that you do you're like oh, okay I was not that out of breath this time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want a yeah. steep one <laughs> <laughs> yeah um on the flip side though are there are there any scenes that you know, when it comes down to the stories that you're like oh goodness I have to write this one that's just a little bit more difficult for you whether it's because of the topics or the type of scene you know um maybe the sex I know a lot of authors bust out with the sex scenes are really difficult for me I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> it's it's very difficult actually when I first made that decision after the 50 shades trilogy um I I thought gosh 
I, I don't think I can do this. So I listened to a podcast on how to write erotica. And um, it was quite interesting how she just, the first thing she said were all those words that you, you sort of whisper to yourself. And um, she was saying them all out loud and said, come on, everyone say these words out loud. And it was sort of like normalizing it and make, taking away the sort of like um, shame of it, I suppose. But um, after the first one, you just sort of get in. It's, it's just... Um, it's just a process writing it and um, using the words. You, you're trying to think, well, what's the best word I can use here? And I don't want to use that one again because I've just used it there. And, you know, so, so the more words you know, the better. <laughs> I do swear a lot in my books and I actually don't swear. Not I've not, noticed. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't swear day to day. And yet in my books, I, I'm potty mouth. I really am. I just love it. <laughs> I can do what I like. My characters just love swearing. Mm-hmm. I'm so. sure it's a little bit also liberating, isn't it? I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it is good because I can literally write. I can be this different person to what I am, and um, and I really love that. Luckily, none of my family have read these books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they have anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's definitely a, um, in, you know, conversation that I've had with the authors and even with some of the narrators that I've spoken with that are more low key about the, yes, I write books, but I, they may not provide so many details as to what type of book they're writing. And I think because also romance gets such a negative connotation out there as not real books, uh, that yeah. sometimes the authors are like, yeah, but then there's other authors that are busting it out there saying this is what I write and if you don't like it tough shit and and they're happy when a family member comes to them and say oh my god I love chapter 12 and I'm going that's the sex scene okay yeah great yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's not me um I must say my sister does read them though she loves reading um this this sort of um category of book anyway it's her thing so so um it's always good to have um somebody somebody else's opinion and so um she reads a lot a lot more than me and um she'll tell me oh you must read this person or that person and they're really good and I don't actually have a lot of time to read I do try um because I think you need to but um I don't have a lot of time and like I said I don't want to be influenced by anyone else's books either so I'll read on holiday vacation I should say I try that's the other thing that is quite interesting I try and write as if I'm American in my books and so it probably doesn't come across that way but I do try to appeal more to U.S. English I've got that selected in my um in my um, grammar check thing and um I do my American spelling I do all of that because I think people do expect that for this sort of dark romance category more, which is quite interesting. I'm trying to to um, train myself to to be an American, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's so funny because we will read the book and have it be a British character, and and we'll, the some I've I've read some of the reviews that would say things like that's not how the British slang works and yeah. this and that and then same thing vice versa we've had some British authors try to do the yeah, American. And I've, I've had a few of those 
it's yeah. obvious this author is obviously British I think oh yeah, yeah I am but that's I have okay that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I try. I think I get better each time. But um, I did write one of my books set in in London, and it was brutally British, and it was actually really enjoyable to write because um, my whole family sort of came from London, and it was nice to be able to use the 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 phrases that I grew up with and. And so I think that book is probably the truest book of mine. Um, so again, I have I'm I'm terrible at this. I haven't written the the second one of that. <laughs> I sort of go off on another series, and so many people want the second book. So I might well do that this year. It'd be quite nice to go back and and do that. Yeah, I, I find it that when you are writing it and. and- from a dialogue perspective or a dialect because it's still I mean we all speak English but the dialect changes because of where you're from Mm -hmm. there is a a lot more of you in it when you are writing for from your experiences and I love learning new slang for a while there I was reading a bunch of British books and I was like bloody hell (laughs) (laughs) you're such a winker (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah it is quite fun yay you do. You you yeah. sort of write. It's a different a different swear word, isn't it? Over yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I don't discriminate. Um, being bilingual also helps with that. I can bust out with it in Spanish, in English, uh, different types of dialects. But when there's those that are specific, like a British slang um, or a curse word, or there's one for Scottish and Irish, um, and Austin, yeah, oh, yeah, all that fun yeah. stuff. I'm like, what are they? <laughs> Yeah. How can I creatively use this and technically not get in trouble? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and and also there's lots of different words for um that mean different things in each country. And so that's quite interesting trying to to find those ones out. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh again the bilingualness, uh, the different Spanish dialects where the word straw means straw in one country and completely not a straw, uh, more of a sexual body parts in another, is you know, can get uh, yourself in trouble yeah. in your household. But I think it's again those readers love the whole British thing, especially the Americans, I think, because we're not it's so exotic to us, right? Oh. <laughs> I think everybody likes what what's different. Yes. Um, it's just the the thing I would just love to live in America. I would love it. I would Florida is my spiritual home. I want to live there. And um if I could I would. You want to yes. trade for like 4 or 5 months? I can live <laughs> yeah, where you're do, at. You do can that live holiday here in thing. Yeah. You can totally do <laughs> like do the, the movie of the holiday. Uh, yeah, we'll do I live that. in Florida. I live in Orlando. <laughs> You're smack in the middle. Uh, I, I'm coming to it. I go to Orlando every year. It is a religion for me. I have to go. And um, the Keys, I love the Keys. Um, I just, if I don't, I actually went twice last year because of COVID. I missed a, year, a couple of years. So you were catching up? I was catching up. I just <laughs> have to go. <laughs> I, I, it's interesting how we can get very much like not impressed i mean i know florida has a lot of issues from a state's perspective you know politics and other things and we do literally it's a meme for fuck's sakes uh sometimes the weirdness stuff that happens here with people but there is such a 
beauty to the state on the environment side of things yeah that as a native sometimes we forget that it's there because we're so used to it like going to the keys was you know we especially if not all the way down to the keys because that is a four-hour mm-hmm. drive even from miami which is where i was born and raised but even going uh, that south and getting to that first key was sometimes a field trip in school or going yeah. to this or going to the everglades was another field trip you know, St. Augustine, another field trip. So we were kind of like, I think we kind of get a little bit disassociated how wonderful environmentally we are as a state. We have such different things. And I also love it when people are like, oh my God, the keys. And I'm thinking it's a four hour fucking drive in water. Oh, I love the keys. It's like something relaxing. It's it's a bit of madness isn't yes. it it's just really lovely we have our own Mardi Gras sort of thing there too so it's yeah. just uh depending on when you land and when you come um it's differently a different scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's party for sure if you're into that stuff well I just like it because in America it's very difficult to walk anywhere everywhere you you drive and um but the keys you don't you mm-hmm. you park you your car and you just walk um everywhere and that I like that and I, I I like the um I like the houses I like the streets I just love it all and um it was quite funny because my daughter is a real Disney fanatic she loves Disney and um we went to the Keys and I said oh look at this it's it's so lovely she said it's dirty Disney <laughs> never heard it described that way before but I, I might use it disney. it was dirty disney and it made me laugh because it's probably true because i think we were walking past a um as a particular kind of shop establishment at that time that had their menu outside and the women were sitting outside on the on the porch and <laughs> well, I suppose it is dirty Disney really but um it was it's just so lovely I just really like it and my husband's really into boats and stuff so mm-hmm. he he adores it and um but I just we're just fortunate that we can go every year yeah so, so yeah we'll have to uh, next time that you're coming down let me know see if I can find some good places for you to check out here that are not very touristy but are still like ooh ah moments, right? Yeah, I just I, it's just being there. That's yeah. enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, the offer is open if you ever want to do the whole holiday swap. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I've been dying to go across the pond. Have yet to do it. It's on my oh, to do list. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I, ha- I haven't had the opportunity. But also, I will admit it's a little scary. Like I've only traveled in the states. Mm. um and not really across any huge body of water uh, <laughs> uh across the atlantic yeah yeah, yeah. um and, it, and it's funny we're like across the pond and it's like no that's not a pond that's a huge no, that's an eight hour pond um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine it's like everything once you do it once you it takes away the fear and um and then you get obsessed well i have a feeling too that if once i do it and I realized it's not that big of a deal. And then I survived. <laughs> oh, you would. You yeah. Would. And it, it'll become like, oh, when did I do it next? Kind of like my Savannah trips to Savannah, Georgia have become a nice escape. I and mean, that's another, if you like walking around and having that yeah. small town, everything's within walking distance. Savannah, Georgia is definitely a place for you to, that you may want to look into doing. Oh, it's only four hours from Orlando. So if you, it's one of those oh, longer trips. Yeah. 
that's being written down now yeah yeah it's definitely a different feel and it's it's quiet but there's there's this energy about savannah that is just uh could be very relaxing at the same time re-energizing all at once so yeah yeah. But speaking about traveling to the States, aside from coming to Florida, you're going to Denver this year for Readers Take Denver. How exciting that, is that? for? That for, is so for exciting because we've never been to Denver, <gasps> never been to Colorado. Um, so really excited. I'm definitely going to buy some cowboy boots. It's got to be done. And <laughs> we are <laughs> spending three days in, is it the Garden of the Gods afterwards? Mm. just thought we'd have a little trip out and see what what there is um quite fancy doing a dude ranch but I don't think we could do that at that time of year <laughs> no it's gonna yeah Denver not much known for the cowboy more so than that is the skiing and the snow especially when this event's happening uh yeah. it's gonna be cold <laughs> yeah I don't think we'll be we'll be riding any horses so that's that's for sure but I'm so looking forward to it. I really am. It looks like such an amazing event. And there's, I just want to do everything. When you look at the agenda and the, and you, you look at it and you think, but I want to do that and that and that. And they're all at the same time. It's going to be I know. tough to choose. <laughs> That's the one thing I've always been like, how can we do this differently from, from a convention perspective where all these panels are not going on at the same time, but it's impossible um and and it's also how we allow you know how we're able to have so many people go to these things right is because there's different places to hang out otherwise we will all be crowded in one room which would be fun if it was big enough but not when you're anticipating a thousand people or more like some of these events are doing it yeah is is um, you've been to other signings in the states have you or no 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 this is my first ever book signing first ever like ever 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 we're popping your cherry you are (laughs) (laughs) i know it's such a good one to to do that with i've never done one i've never been accepted before um i have applied for a few but um this was the one that that said yes so i was really really excited and i can't wait to come over and um, meet everybody and just sort of like because there's so many people. The other authors are just amazing. It's like mm-hmm. a who's who, isn't it? Oh, There's yeah. Start studying. And so I'm really, really excited for that. And, um, yeah, I've never been to one. So I will be I'll be walking around in a daze, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when the authors are fans themselves of other authors. It's so cute. Yeah. And, and it's so sweet to see. I've had it several times. Uh, I've been fortunate to see it where an author that, you know, just loves the, the the readers and things like that. But when they see that other author that they have been reading for years or they just started yeah. reading and they're fantastic and they're like, oh, my God, that's that's them. And I'm like, go talk to them. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know. They're famous. I can't talk to them. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, just go. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like, really come on (laughs) i tend to be that person that's like come on let's go um i'll just have them come to you either way works i have no shame (laughs) no i i don't think i do actually i i'm quite happy to talk to anybody go up to people and i'm pretty sure that you know and i'd be happy for anyone to come up to me as well and i i i'm a people person i suppose so 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. I think that uh, the readers are, are going to love it. I guess in the the lineup is star studded, including yourself. And, uh... <laughs> You're the imposter in the corner. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, 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 absolutely no. <laughs> Trust me, it's one of those things where um, the these book signings can sometimes be very uh, selective, and and or there's also limited space depending on where they've you know they've had it. Um, I'm sure that there's always been one of those. We'd love to have every single author that wants to come. There's just not yeah. enough space for y'all. There's a lot of you, um, which is great for us as readers. We don't we don't complain yeah. about that. <laughs> Being oh, yeah, too many yeah. authors, you darn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how, how dare they be so many of them Ugh. i know right? uh-huh. but definitely it's uh it's gonna be a fun one the events are gonna the panels are, are really interesting uh many of them and there's also so many parties and so many yummy food stuff we have donuts and margaritas oh, and martinis martinis and stuff like uh, that i'm like oh, i think just... i just start brushing up on some of my drinking <laughs> Uh, yes I I must admit weirdly it was the donuts that really excited me more than anything which me too me too don't worry about it me too no no me too um especially when it's uh, those kind of donuts the voodoo donuts those are always very intriguing and they have a very creative donuts I mean I think they have like a frosted uh fruit loops or something like that or pebbles and I'm going it's like a kid's dream come true (laughs) <laughs> inner child of sugarness is just going yeah um, i am stepping out of my comfort zone a bit at this event by doing and seeing about discovering more different types of drinks from a martini perspective i don't really classify um, myself as a martini drinker no uh, i've never had one see um and i think i pop, part of it is thanks to james bond um i'm like yeah. that's not my sort of drink um for whatever reasons i did try once and it was just very bitter but i think it's a type of martini that it was yeah. as it should be in that case because that's what the kind of that it was um but my sister for christmas made us like a white chocolate peppermint uh my dessert martini of sorts i'm like oh, okay this that is- sounds good uh, right it did that sound actually good sounds like a it. dessert yes <laughs> I think it, yeah, it was definitely could do, it could have been at some. She even got fancy on me and did some uh the candy canes, crushed them and put them on the side, oh, <laughs> on the top, it. almost like a margarita. <laughs> I was like, girl, you're getting fancy. I love it. Oh um, yes. <laughs> so I'm saying actually, um, funny enough, I have a cocktail book about martinis because I wanted to, you know, this was prior to the event. It's something that as a girl that usually gets a margarita when she goes out to have a drink, uh, yeah. or Bahama Mama. I'm like, I need to diversify more yeah my 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 liquor intake Uh, I love a cocktail I must admit yeah I'm not a a great drinker um of spirits but I could drink cocktails all night I really could what's your favorite to drink I'm so boring um it's a pina colada it's I just love that but it is a boring one um I do quite like which pretty apt really a porn star martini I do like those (laughs) But a I still don't know martini. a porn star martini. But do you put the Prosecco in it and then drink it? Or do you drink the Prosecco, which is in a shot glass first, and then drink it? I still don't know. It's like the chicken and the egg. Which one comes first? We're gonna have to, yeah, we're going to have to talk to the authors at the, at the event and say, hey, porn star martini, which one yeah. comes first? And <laughs> yeah. they're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I'm going to look up. 
Point Star Martini. Hmm. Or Prosecco. <laughs> yeah, uh, these names sometimes that these drinks get are hilarious and all like, stocking as sorts. Um, but fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fuzzy navel, um, which I'm like, why would anybody want to drink that? But oh, then again, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, peach schnapps and orange juice. So it's it's Is actually it quite yummy. They like the sex on the beach over here. That's um, always always a, a popular one, one. Mm, yeah. yeah like why would you want to have sex on the beach it's just no <laughs> yeah it's not i mean i don't think it's quite comfortable i mean it's one thing to even walk on it hello um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you're over here most of it's uh, pebbles so Actually. that's really not good <laughs> yeah even here in florida with where some of our beaches can be just nice and white sand still not just a mess yeah. it gets everywhere literally um <laughs> so no sexting on the beaching no no thank you no, no. <laughs> i love to getting to know my guests better and, and i think it's always funny to see how good of a liar you guys are considering you write fantasy and fiction and all that fun stuff oh. um, and play the game of two truths and a lie um, yeah do you have your your three i do right. i do have them all right so whenever you're ready you can tell us your three things and we will have to figure out which one's the lie Okay, the first one was that once I was an extra for a, um, in a movie in Mexico. The second one, I once flew a Boeing 757 over the Atlantic. And the third one is I joined the army. Hmm. So, <laughs> two of those are true. I know, damn. And here's the funniest thing with you guys. I've learned that it could be totally true that you flew the 757, but not over the Atlantic. It was something else. And that now that's why it's a lie, right? For an example, um, or that's, you know, you were a movie extra, but not in Mexico, somewhere else. And so you guys get very creative with these, which is always why it's so fun to play with you guys, <laughs> this game. So either extra in a movie in Mexico, you flew a 757 over the Atlantic, or you joined the army. Which is a lie, damn it. Um, hmm. <laughs> is the lie that you joined the army? It is. If you knew me, I couldn't I couldn't cope with the with the clothes. I just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I did, the other two are true. Wow, okay. So tell us more about this whole 757 or the Atlantic flying and as well as the being of the extra. How did all that happen? <laughs> well, the extra for the movie in Mexico, I was on holiday with a friend and we were sunbathing by the pool and somebody came up to us and said, we're shooting a movie over there. Would you mind being in the background sunbathing? And that was it, basically. But, um, we, I think I just lay there sunbathing in a different place to where I was and they were shooting some some movie around us so so that one was true um I don't even know what it was uh it could have been anything it really could and um the the 757 is true um and I should come clean and say I was used to be a flight attendant or cabin crew as we call it over here and um we had an empty sector one one night and we, I went up into the, the, um, the flight deck and the first officer popped outside, he left and, and the captain said to me, oh, do you want to have a go? And 
I thought, oh gosh, what does he mean? Have a go. Um, <laughs> what, what's going on? <laughs> so, um, when I firmly established <laughs> that it was actually to have, oh, sorry, it's my dog, to have um, a go at the controls, <laughs> then um, I, I thought, okay. So um, I sat in the um, first officer's seat and he said, right, it's over to you. And, and it was quite bizarre. It was sort of like you could feel the. Um, the movement as soon as he gave me the control it's sort of it's it's everything's opposite you have to if you want to go up you push down if you want to go down you pull up and um so that was a bit bizarre but literally he was in control there's no way he was letting me fly that plane but um it was just fun you know something different to pass pass a few hours on a night flight home so um and i must stress there were no passengers on board just crew and it was just just fun so yeah I can I can say that I have done that that's fantastic I love that whole give it a go (laughs) yeah do you want to have a go Mm, not really (laughs) if that's ever a rom-com moment I don't know what is right yeah definitely yeah or if you want to go into a thriller that could have been the code for kidnap her right now um yes (laughs) you see this is how you get your ideas you literally have one one conversation you one thing you see something on the tv or you you hear i had had a great story um with some some friends of mine um and and it's just too long um to say about it but i just thought wow i could write a book about that that's so good and you do, you hear things and it just sparks something in in your mind and you can just go off and develop a whole whole series out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic and fascinating how the mind can work and, you know, people can have these ideas. I mean, I think we're people watching those that like people watching or when you're at a Starbucks or a cafe and you're listening to people um, yeah, because some of them just don't understand that. Yes, you're having a private conversation in a public place, and you're being kind of loud, and you have your phone on loud too. So I'm hearing both sides of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in a book. Yeah, <laughs> and, and now you're going to be in a book. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think that's also fantastic because I have the ideas, I have the things, but to put it down on paper and to, you know, finish it and have it to be a fruition and put it out there is a huge risk and a huge undertaking. And I think it takes guts. Um, and so not everybody can technically do it. And I love that, that when you guys are providing us with these stories. <laughs> yeah. <But> mine's <laughs> going a bit crazy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a distraction. It's okay. It's not our everyday listen or norm or read. I, I do know. know some that are, they only solely read dark romance. And I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> for ages I didn't even tell my husband I was writing it and every time because I do all my own covers as well and I would be looking at all these lovely images on on the screen and he'd like come in and I'd quickly minimize it I was like, <laughs> like oh um <laughs> nothing to see here you know but um now he's he's like feeling very um inadequate half the time so like, you want me to to be like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I do (laughs) but only in these chapters here I've highlighted them go ahead read later tonight yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's that's even part of the conversation sometimes that happens within the readers is that 
we don't want the the they don't want that dark side they don't want the asshole they don't want the huge alpha they want someone just to maybe not have to just can you just figure out what we're going to do for dinner without asking me just put it in front oh, of me gosh. please it's impossible there isn't there's there's no such man i know well, here's the thing. Um, my husband is very much of, I would, I, yeah, great. I could do that, but I actually want you to be happy with what you're eating. And so it becomes this whole thing of them being nurturing and kind and you're going, God damn it. Really? I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I've been making decisions all day fucking long. I don't want to know about or think about what I'm going to, you know, heat for dinner you know what i like just put it in front of me and he goes yeah. but then i run the risk of doing that and you're like no i don't like that i know i don't want that i'm like oh you're right okay fine whatever oh no it's always <laughs> the same oh yeah. well have we got that because no one told me what they wanted yeah this is what we've got oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think if uh that's one thing i could just live without is figuring out what to do for dinner <laughs> oh it's so boring i know <laughs> no, there's so much no it's like i not not one more decision thank you all right and i don't care just pizza that's my go-to cereal or pizza so i love pizza yeah and do you have a favorite um oh i'm so boring i really am it's it's always margarita with um fresh tomatoes ham um that's about it really (laughs) interesting how you find that so boring and we're going well that's actually kind of you know refreshing usually like (laughs) i'm the i see i'm the traditional I like pepperoni with extra cheese. That's kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm going, ooh, margarita with some basil on top of it. Nice. Oh, yes. I do love that. Yeah. I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention before that you're not much of a cursor. Um, and yeah. so I, I, I preface that with the for the following questions. It's a two parts. Because you are always working with words, do you have a favorite word that is yours that is not a curse word? Because that's the second part of like, what's your favorite curse word? Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite, favorite word? word? Yeah. I just don't know. Um, I do like my, I love my my cursing words in my books. I love them. In fact, I put them in far too much because I'm enjoying writing them so much. Um, no, there's, I, I love words. I love, um, I love finding different words and um, for using, um, I don't like to use the same thing. It's like, if someone points something out in a book they say you use that word a lot I never use it again I, I it's like a mental block on me I think oh no I can't ever use that again <laughs> so um I, I just don't know I, I like descriptive words um but as for a favorite one no because I would use it all the time and then it would become repetitive and then I wouldn't be able to use it ever again because someone would tell me mm, all right so we'll pocket that for later. Maybe at Denver, I'm like, yeah, so sorry, do you have a favorite one for? No, that's fine. No, trust me. The question. But... You're good. It's good. Uh, no worries. Um, I need to figure out maybe for you, be like, what's your favorite word for today? Might be a better one for when we're at Denver. Um, but I am I, curious to know. Word what of is, the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Oh, it's the F word for me. I just use it all the time. He doesn't even see it though it's so cute I, don't, I, don't, I can't say it it's so so crazy it really is and yeah I'll write it till the cows come home um I it's it's back to that erotica podcast isn't it you've got to say the words and make them normal <laughs> it's, it, I think it goes back to when I was young um and my mom used to say um there's there's 
more than enough words in the English language that you don't have to use a swear word. <laughs> and I suppose I always had that in my mind and I never did. And um, occasionally I do um, if, you know, if something happens and I, I say, oh, oh, fuck, you know, I will say that. And I do say bloody a lot and that's a British thing. Oh, bloody hell you know all of that I do say that I don't really use the c word ever even in my books I never use that I just don't like it um but yeah I don't really use um wanker in my, <laughs> in my <laughs> British books either I don't really use that um but no it's the f word for me you're so darn cute and adorable <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, my mom was very the same as far as not cursing. I never heard her curse. She can make yeah. you feel very tiny um, and, and, and insult you in a way that was very intellectually and make you feel yeah. very tiny without saying one curse word at all. And that's truly, really, I think, a gift. But um, for me, I can use fuck as a verb, adjective and a noun. Um, but I, I did learn to only use it in particular, like not to overuse it because it can take away some of the emphasis but there are certain words that if i'm saying them that means i'm really pissed off or like damn like kind of like what you were saying uh that it's just one of those things where like "Mm, yeah it just comes out i I do use it definitely my husband uses it all the time oh my goodness every other word i think he's the gordon ramsay of this house oh that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) he uses it an awful lot but um I don't really. I I think because I I I'm quite chilled. I don't really lose my temper much, um. So I don't need to to say it. Yeah, it's, it's cute. No, I I like it. I, I think it's one of those. I think from a what we also think from a British perspective is that that's not prim and proper, you know. So I think we have this kind of thing, and I'm like, no, most of the British people I know can swear up a. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I think the prim and proper thing is is gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least for that one. Yeah. Now it's one of those like, okay, are you are you just are you emotionally not there with most of the things? Are you just being very standoffish, or is just that a British thing right now? Kind of a thing. I think this yeah. where no, sometimes British I lay. People swear like troopers. They really do. Yeah. Um, see. They they definitely do. And um, my family, like I said, they all come from London originally, all from the East End. Um, and they swear every other word, more or less. I don't know. I think because we moved out to London when I was very young, um, and my mum, my mum never swore, and I think that's probably why. Actually, my dad never swore um, when we were at home growing up, so it wasn't really anything that I, I was used to. But um, my husband's making up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've always told the, the 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 my niece and kids and stuff like that. I always said, I go listen, because I tried, I tried not cursing in front of my son um, when he was younger, and it got it got very very awkward and weird. And I was going, you know, shut up, yeah. mom, and you know, ah, baloney. And it was one of those where it was really like stopping me from being able to express myself in some cases, but also like figuring out what word to to swap it out to at the time. Yeah. And but I'm also yeah. going, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, he's gonna hear worse at <laughs> school and in the in the wrong context and in the wrong usage of it. And so I'm like, I might as well just teach him. 
And, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and he will, and he would do yes, it. He has, he has. Yeah. His, I, 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 he does not curse in front of us at all, which is great. From yeah. I think it's a parent win for me. Um, but sometimes I am shocked when I, when I see a text and he's cur- I'm like, oh, okay, good. You do know how to use it properly. All right. <laughs> Another parent. <laughs> well, my daughter does. She, she'll, she will. Yeah. She she doesn't care, but that generation, I, I think they just do. It's like another word in the English dictionary that's acceptable. So yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, but I think it's always fun to kind of like I like knowing which ones are the favorites for people. Yeah, um, and also gets to know you better. I think one of those like now you know that I will throw fuck some you know here and there use it as a noun, a verb, and anything. But if you hear another curse word coming out of me that's not a usual, you're like, oh, what happened there? Mm, there's a story i think i'm gonna have to take her out for a drink maybe martini um and find out why (laughs) and don't make me use that that curse word that that you know you won't want to (laughs) hear yeah right it's gonna be one of those i'm really mad (laughs) yep exactly i'll read one of your books later on and i'll be like oh okay yeah oh yeah Mm, she swears like a trooper too (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that curse word that I use comes up like, ah, she liked it. All right. (laughs) Before we go, can you tell us what's coming up next for you um, and what you, you know, what's coming up next and what you're planning on working on? Um, Yes, I've just finished um, the first of a new trilogy, um, another mafia series. It's called Ortega Mafia. And this is the enforcer that's coming out um, on Sunday. So that's um, that's my new series. And there'll be three of those, possibly more. Um, but at the moment, there'll be just three. And then I really do get asked a lot to write. One of my main series is an MC series, The Twisted Reapers. And um, they're all ex-special um, forces that... Basically, it's just they're not who how how they are portrayed. They're not really bikers. They work for the government. And um, so they get involved in a lot of my books and um, people love them because they're honourable. They're they're sort of rough diamonds, really. And um, so, yeah, I need to do another one of those. And I need to finish my Brutally British one off. I need to get Charlie his book. So that needs to happen. Um, but yeah, I have been asked a lot for another Reaper romance. So I'll do that. And um, yeah, I'll just see where this one goes. And it might turn into more than three. But I'm loving it. It's it's again, it's it's got those those dark characters in that are because I like books that have a story within a story. Mm-hmm. And this this has a story within a story. Nice. and it's it's dark it really is so it's probably- a little bit apologetic like it's dark it's okay though <laughs> it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say i do I've, I've read other books where it's that whole um like you were saying that they're 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 not real mo- you know again um motorcycle being or anything they're actually special forces or you know specialists of sorts and they're like oh okay it's i think it's always fun to kind of be like you're the bad boy but you're actually really good okay okay." yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's what they are they and people love them because they are they are rough and they're ready and and they're they're just honorable though and they and they're sort of like the ones that come in and and that shoot the bad guys you know that that sort of thing and 
And um, it's, it's a series that I started with and I won't end doing. It's, it's always going to be on the go. So I can just dip in and out and add, add another story to it. So um, that's, that's on the cards this year as well. Um, but yeah, I know just keep going, keep doing my mafia bits. I, I've also, in my Five Kings series, that was not all mafia. It was a lot of business as well. And so I sort of, it's that billionaire romance thing, isn't it? Um, I, I might do um, a little sort of like, I know, another series to do with that. Not necessarily mafia, but, but they're going to be dark. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, it'll be dark. <laughs> And that's great. I know there are people like, I don't care what she writes. It's dark. It's great. It's her. It's Stella's book. We love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they want the darkness. You know, I think um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like it, but, and you wouldn't want it personally. (laughs) You'd freak out, wouldn't you? If it ever happened to you, but um, it's a bit of escapism. I think it's something that, that it's, it's something that, you know would never happen to you mm-hmm. but to read about it is is intriguing I think and um I think that's why I do it it's just mm-hmm. exciting yeah I do find it fascinating though that years a few years ago used to be escapism go into a fantasy wield swords and fly and dragons oh yeah. my and now it's like yeah daddy okay <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> And he's a mafia guy and he's about to kidnap me. And that's exactly what I want. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just hang around this street corner in the hope that that happens today. (laughs) Right? I'm like, it never, I will always say that as an example, like I was the office intern. None of my bosses were ever rich or that good looking or interested. So no. (laughs) It's like I saw on the news the other day, um, they had, they had arrested this mafia don in Italy. They've been they've been after him for thirty years. There's celebrations in the street that they'd got him, and I looked at the picture, and he was nothing like my mafia dons. I'm sorry, but he deserved to be arrested. That's yeah, right. <laughs> okay, that's it's not just, the kind of don that we want. Yep, got it. No, we don't want him. We, no. we want we want the um, yeah. The alpha males don't we the dark good looks and the glittering eyes and yeah. well it's the same thing with the firefighters i have my brother-in-law uh both of them were firefighters in texas i will say that texas boys are um are different breed a lot of them are really yeah. good looking but a lot of them are are when i'm like this is not what, what romance firefighters look like um yeah <laughs> love you guys but no (laughs) that's that's so wrong isn't it you should they should they should only be selected yeah yeah (laughs) "Mm, you're not gonna get picked for that calendar this year are you love okay um (laughs) but that's okay yeah again it's one of those where that's not how that my 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 internship turned out um (laughs) quite all right (laughs) And that's why I think people like to read about it because it's actually pure fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. But again, it used to be we used to drive into the whole fantasy side of things of like, you know, mystical places and and dragons and shifters, even Harry Potter. Yeah. I love Harry Potter. Uh I've read them all. I just love it. And now it's just a darker side of Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. where they're not magical schools or wands, they're just billionaires and mafia men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said to my husband, I think we should go to, uh, to Sicily one day. He said, oh, he said, only because you want to find one of these mafia guys. That's all you want. He knows said, you so well. <laughs> bit of truth in that. <laughs> They do have great food. So, I mean, it's, in a, it's, that's, there's a lot of different reasons, but that may also be one of them, right? <laughs> yes. You never know. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, for uh, Stella, for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been fun getting to know you, and I cannot wait to meet you in person in Denver. So, thank you for the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been lovely. Thank yeah. you. I will be including all of your social media links and information where readers and listeners can find you if they have not uh, are not following you already over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, everyone, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darch, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.